hey everybody uh me and paul stuck around and recorded a short little bonus uh after the the episode there that we just finished up and um Paul, earlier this week, you had posted something on Facebook. Uh, you've got a <coughs> unique um, critter, I guess, that, <laughs> that you keep yeah. in your classroom at school. What, what do you got? I, I have um, hissing cockroaches. I have I have uh, three full-grown adult-sized ones, and then I have about 20 of their offspring. Oh, my God. 20 of them? Dude, yeah. It's, it's insane. Um where I'm at is called the neighborhood house of Milwaukee and, um, they operate all year long. Um, during the school year, they mainly take in kids that aren't old enough to go into school. Like, like we, um, we literally have age ranges from infant, like literally infants. We have rooms with cribs that, you know, parents that go to work, um, they're able to drop their kids off and it, it, it really caters to low income families in the inner city of Milwaukee. So it really is a great program. We're providing amazing services to these families that need help. We, we offer classes, you know, on, on how to apply for jobs, how to get ready for interviews and all that stuff. And, and my gig during the summer is, is I'm the penguin teacher, which means I am teaching the four, the, the three and four year olds really trying to get them ready to enter K four kindergarten four for the fall and all that. And we have a lot of cool programs where we have like our teacher that comes in the summer and we have, um, we own, they also own like 75 acres of land in Northern or yeah. In like Northern Wisconsin. So we do a lot with the, yeah, we do a lot with wildlife and we have this, uh, lady that's just huge into animals and she likes to bring in different types of creatures. And in our science lab, we literally have this giant aquarium just full of these hissing cockroaches. And, um, I try to do a theme every week for the summer and I am a huge fan of Eric Carl. If anyone knows Eric Carl, he's an amazing illustrator. He's uses vibrant colors. It almost looks like he takes like oh, the very know, hungry caterpillar. Eric exactly. Carl. And he gotcha. has a lot, he has a lot of books about bugs and I figure like, well, you know, we have access to these hissing cockroaches. So why don't I just go down and get some and brought them up into the classroom. So yeah, it's definitely different for a classroom pet. That is too fucking cool, man. And and my kids were were really blown away by the pictures. Okay. They couldn't believe that those were in the classroom. And cool. uh, they actually recorded a handful of questions for you. All right. So let's see what we got here. Why are they called hissing cockroaches? All right. Um, who asked this question? Uh, that was Aiden. That was my 11-year-old. Okay, so... Um, so they're actually called Madagascar hissing cockroaches or uh, hissers. Um, they're obviously they're native, like they're from Madagascar or, you know, their origin is from Madagascar. And now I may not be the complete, um, I may not be the complete expert on this, but what I was told is, you know, because they're like, you know, they have the endoskeletons or they're, you know, the, the arachnid, um, their shell or their armor, um, it leaves a little bit of like um, gaps on the like on their side, almost where our ribs are. So when they like exhale and inhale, all of their air is actually coming out of their sides. 
Oh, weird. And because because of such small holes, when they exhale, it makes a hissing sound. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're not, like, mad. They're not, like, you know, like... I guess it can come off as a defensive mechanism, but it's literally them breathing. Wow. That is really cool. Isn't that? Yeah, I had no idea that they... They comes out through little portholes in their sides. That's really fascinating. Yeah. All right. Here's the next one. Where do hissing cockroaches live? Another question from Aiden there. All right. Well, Aiden, um, in my classroom, they live in, uh, well, we have an aquarium or like a terrarium and we throw down like um, wood chips or, you know, like kind of the stuff you would throw in for, um, kind of the stuff you would throw in for a hamster so that's where i know where they live for us at least because they're definitely you know they're the madagascar cockroach so they're probably mostly found in the deserts of madagascar from what i know i don't i'm sorry i can't be of much help to this question but i know we we have to take great care of these um, of these bugs. What, what what I had to do. I don't know if this is going to be another question, but I can kind of piggyback onto it. Like I really, I didn't know how much effort it was going to take to keep these guys alive, um, because when we went down to it, um, quite a few have actually passed away in in the one in the in the basement in the lab. And I guess that happens a lot, but we literally go through hundreds, I guess, a year because they're always breeding and always making new little ones. But we have to – we really have to feed them quite a bit a day. We have to throw in like some fruit scraps. They love banana peels. They love um, oranges. So you really have to break it down and um, – They kind of like mash them up? Yeah, yeah. And, and what's really cool is we do a lot of composting at our school. So I go into our compost bucket and I'll just grab a handful of like moldy peaches and toss it in there. It's already oh. kind of broken down. Yeah. Don't worry. I use gloves, Aiden. Um, <laughs> but what happens is these guys are actually really good climbers. Um, they will climb on the side of that tank I have. So what I had to do was I had to take petroleum jelly and put it on the top of the of the tank so they can't push that off. And what I have to do is I have to take a water bottle and I have to spray all the sides of it. And what they do is they come out and they climb on the plastic or, you know, the glass there and they drink the droplets of water. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool because I guess in like nature or whatever, they get it off like, you know, like a leaf or something like that. Exactly. Hmm. All right. Uh, Let's see. I think this next question it's from my seven-year-old Liam. Okay. What do hissing cockroaches eat? Oh, well, you just covered that. <laughs> they eat humans. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> moldy veggies, right? Moldy veggies, and they also love um, dry oatmeal. Oh, dry oatmeal! Right on. Yep. I remember Some Quaker oats. <laughs> I remember eating instant oatmeal, like dry out of the package, when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) All right, last question. This one's also from Liam. What do your students think of the hissing cockroaches? Well, you know, um, maybe because we've been really talking about, like, I don't want kids to ever be freaked out by stuff. I don't want to give, like, a stigma that something is unpleasant, when, especially when it's, like, 
you know, a bug like a cockroach, because cockroaches already have such a bad rap, especially in houses that are low income. You know, we have a lot of cockroach infestations in Milwaukee in our low income houses, which just, you know, is the nature of the beast. But, you know, if you really explain to them, you know, like if you come at them that that it's going to be our pet and they're going to have some responsibility taking care of it, they're really into it, especially when you found out you can pet them. Um, and that they actually like to be petted, which is kind of really? cool. Yeah. I mean, they do look kind of creepy. You know, they got the big antennas. They're just a huge, you know, especially my big guys. They're, they're, they're pretty big. They're probably about the size. They're probably as long as my thumb and can get as fat as my index and middle finger together. So they're definitely intimidating to look at. But my kids really enjoy them, especially if you give them attention a lot during the day. Like if you talk about them. You know, we're going to name them next week. Um, yeah, but they've, they've really had fun with them. That is too cool. I, I love that you got something interesting and different in your classroom and you're exposing the kids to that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's all about like you don't want to just sit here during the summer and just do boring, you know, patty cake. Like let's get some hissing cockroaches. <laughs> you have to get like a brown bat next year or something. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man, for for real. But it's it's really cool because, um, Chris, those probably bite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bite me. Um, we have um outside um, we have these volunteers that come and we. What's really cool is we have this whole outreach thing where we, we try to make the kids we get as infants lifers. So like I was saying, you know, we have a room. I believe it's the I believe it's the butterfly room, which is our infants, and then we have the gray squirrel room, which is our one year olds, and our sunshine room, which is uh, the two year olds, and then we have the penguins, which are my three and four year olds. We have the twisters, which are the the five and uh, they're five to seven, and then we have UKC one, which is the United Kids College program. We have. Uh, which would be 8 to 10, and then we have UKC2, which is 10 to 12. Then after that, we have our Teenage Center, which is 13 to 18, and they're in the basement, and they do a lot of of community service for us. But the whole goal is to get them to be lifers because we want to keep them – like we're in one of the roughest neighborhoods in Milwaukee where statistically it's real hard, you know – statistically it's real hard to succeed especially if you're you know a teenage african-american in milwaukee and we're really trying to we're really trying to fight that statistic by keeping these kids on the path you know get them we're really trying to instill them some ownership and pride in their community and so what we do is we have them do like a lot of planting. So every everything in our yard or everything in our in our like we have this huge fenced in area. We have a giant playground, but we have a giant gardening area. And everything everything in our playground area is completely edible. Like everything that grows is completely edible. The kids love it's it's called lemon balm. Oh, that's cool. And it's this leaf that literally tastes like watermelon. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. And we actually grow specific types of berries that are okay for the kids to eat. We have this whole grapevine 
uh, that's out there. So yeah, it's it's really a fun place for the kids to just really get in touch with nature and all of that. So yeah, it's a real fun summer gig to have. No, that's really incredible, man. I, I love the that uh, the school you work for is doing all these extra programs for these kids. That's really incredible. And I hope you end up with lots of lifers as a result. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is my fourth summer here. So like a lot of the kids now entering UKC2, it's been really proud to see them get as far as they are. And uh, yeah, it, it's just been it, it's been a lot of fun because um, – and we offer like – my kids can't go because they're so little, but um, every week, everyone else like the from from five to twelve go on three field trips a week, and every Monday we go to um, every Monday we actually go to this park that's right by my house. I'm about five miles away from the school. It's a park called it's a park called McCarty Park, and we have a giant pool and. The kids actually get there an hour before it opens and they get swimming lessons. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then today um, they actually went to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in the Wisconsin Dells. Oh, my. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think twice a month we go to or twice a month, twice a month they go to the nature reserve we have. Um I know they're going to go to the Museum of Science and Industry, and I think our big field trip at the end of every summer is Six Flags Great America. So we just really try to give them, a, you know, because not trying to beat a dead horse, but a lot of these kids don't have the means to do stuff like this. So in the summer, we really try to provide programs to get grants from community partners where they actually pay for this. So the kids and families don't have to worry about, you know, coughing up a $60 ticket to go to Six Flags and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, that's even better then. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is a fantastic organization to be a part of. <laughs> I bet the kids get so stoked about that trip, too. Yeah, they totally do. And they're all passed out on the way home. <laughs> but again, like Peace I and said, quiet for the drive home. <laughs> yeah. And like my degree for teaching is I am license to teach infant to third grade it's really hard to find an actual licensed teacher to teach three and four year olds so i usually cannot go on the field trips oh that's too bad it is but (laughs) but it's all about the kids right oh totally totally (laughs) they're a fun group there i i will go to six flags sometime (laughs) i've already been there i've been there quite a few times i haven't been there in over 12 years now but I will make my return. Yeah, I think I've been there once, twice, maybe. I don't know. I remember it being okay. extremely busy. I think I went on like five rides the whole day and literally went from ride to ride. So, yeah. Yeah, I just see that. <laughs> well, I definitely hope I answered Aiden and Liam's questions appropriately. I think you did. And thank you so much for doing that, man. After. After the last episode we recorded, it didn't feel right to put that stuff in there. So. Oh, come on, man. I agree with that. You don't want so. your songs on the same episode where I'm begging for dating advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a nice little, like, geez, uh, I won't even have to mark this one as uh, explicit, which is kind of rare uh, for you, Starkcast. You did drop the F-bomb. Did I? Of course I did. You did. You did at the very beginning. You said it was effing cool. <laughs> 
Dang it. <laughs> oh, fiddlesticks. Well, <laughs> well, you know what? Every PG-13 movie gets an F-bomb. There we go. We got our one F-bomb. <laughs> we didn't show any nipples, so we're good. <laughs> I said nipples, so we probably now have to give it the E. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, dude. Absolutely.